Hey team, and welcome to the Protein Bites podcast. My name is Adriano. I'm your host for today. I thought we'd chop things up, all things health and fitness as per normal, but specifically, um, we're going to talk about a little bit about like uh, hunger levels and that sort of stuff when you're dieting. So a massive thing, pretty much Riz Fitness, my business, my personal training business is a more or less like a fat loss studio, you could say. We do have obviously like the the blokes that train with us a lot more strength focused and not as heavy on the dieting focus more like body composition so like gaining muscle losing body fat i suppose uh and, and staying strong definitely more with ladies we are looking at you know 90 percent are fat loss clients so each day and each week we sort of devise strategies and i sit there and i kind of flesh out what's important for them uh, and then how we can sort of strategize each each week what we can do to to um you know better better our our health outcomes so that involves i'll give you a recent example of a client rachel she's lovely uh she's been with me for almost a year now and she just went through pregnancy she put on maybe 20 to 30 kilos during pregnancy during this time she was still training with me up until sort of the last month uh, we were just focusing on her mobility, focusing on her being able to be strong. And then postpartum, obviously, she was going to have some time off training. So she'd be weaker. Her core would be really uh, weak as well. And so just working through that and strengthening that has been a massive a massive one for, for her and I. That's part of our journey. But specifically, I wanted to talk about uh, the, the dieting aspect and, and something that Rachel sh- struggles with and, and a lot of other clients struggle with is uh, feeling hunger, hungry. Right? So it all comes down to a few things. Expectations for me is a massive one. Uh, you know, if, if you're overwhelmingly hungry all the time, that can take a, a, a toll on your, on your mental, on your mental state. So what are some of the things that we can do to reduce hunger, stop hunger, increase hunger. I kind of wanted to deep dive into everything hunger today. So we're going to do that. So first things first, how can we, how can we reduce hunger? So with a lot of clients, usually it's a simple fix, cut out liquid calories. So predominantly that looks like cutting out, you know, multiple coffees a day. I'm still okay with one or so coffees a day or like piccolos. So like, you know, espresso shots with a little bit of milk. I think they work really well for if you're in a dieting phase. And uh, so cutting out liquid calories is number one, because that's not going to help you feel fuller for longer. In actual fact, it's probably going to spike your blood sugar and then make you feel hungrier sooner. And then you add caffeine into the mix, which is a, you know, psychoactive chemical. And so that can do things to your mind, like, you know, increase stress, increase anxiety, which then can lead to more emotional eating. And so it's very strategic uh, cutting out liquid calories. And I think that's just number one, uh, first port of call, reduce or cut out all liquid calories if you can. That includes juices, that includes all that sort of stuff. I just don't think they're by and large the best way to do things, unless it's like you go to a, I don't know, like a boost juice or whatever, and you get their really low calorie drinks so like for me they have like a watermelon thing so it's like 700 mils of liquid but for 200 calories so i think that's like a good exchange because that'll obviously keep you hydrated keep you full for a while Uh, but anything over that i think is just sort of a waste like a coffee is 200 calories and you're looking at 
300 mils or something, you know? So I just don't think it's going to keep you very full for long. Plus the other one is going to have vegetables, fruits, etc. in there. But those are the sort of exceptions that I make, you know, really big juices that have really, really minimal calories. So the next sort of thing we look at is after we've cut our liquid calories is cutting out, uh, you know, spray oil, not spray oils, liquid oils, coconut oils, all that sort of stuff. We just turn to spray. If you have spray oils, one, it's almost going to, almost going to calorie control for you because you've got the little spritzer. It's kind of harder to go over your calories when you're, when you've got a spray, unless you're sitting there consciously spraying it for, for ages. Whereas an olive oil bottle or a coconut oil jar or whatever, it's fairly easy to overpour. And so whilst this seems like a really minute detail, uh, over time, it, it, it does add up. So let's say if we've got, you know, we're pouring an extra 150 calories, which which could really only be 10 mils, which isn't a whole lot of olive oil. And if we do that over the course of the day, let's say we have two meals, one to three meals, and those one to three meals have five extra oil mils in there, it's 15 mils, it's about 200 calories there. And you times that by seven days in the week, well, there's 1400 calories, and that is a day's worth of eating. So you've essentially had a day's worth of eating just in olive oil versus spray where you're looking at probably a tenth of that, I would imagine. And so things like that make a big difference because they compound over time. And what you're looking at when you're dieting is you're looking at consistency over time. You're not necessarily trying to fix everything in one day, but you're looking at an accumulation of all the things you do each day over the course of a week, a month, a year. And that will eventually lead to long-term um, fat loss. But a lot of people don't look at it that way. They look at it in a you know, one-week span, a one-day span, because we want quick fixes naturally. But if we plan everything out, we're going to be so much better off. So rule number, rule number two is cut out liquid fat calories, so oils, that sort of stuff. Go for fat-free dressing, I think is my personal preference. But yes, it's got some carbohydrates in there, but it's not enough to make a big difference. Uh, so those are going to be my, that's going to be my second, uh, tip. Tip number three is going to be using whole food sources. So in order to reduce hunger, uh, the best way to do that is to increase the volume of food you're eating. So the amount, weight, size of food that you're eating, but eating lower calorie options. And that typically falls in whole foods. So what you'll find is the more whole foods you eat, less calories you'll typically consume because it's not processed. It's not packaged. Uh, and, and it's not going to be as calorie dense. So you want low calorie density foods and a lot of them because that food volume, it's as you guys all know, once you're full, you're full. You're not going to want to stuff your face with more food unless it's like sugary shit and it's giving you that sort of dopamine hit. You're not really going to typically be be chasing um, more food once you're full. So that's why I encourage things like big salads, lots of fruit and vegetables. So my favorite go-to fruit is watermelon. There's pretty much zero calories in watermelon and it's quite sweet and it's quite satiating. High in vitamin C, it's a kind of a win-win of a fruit. I think in about a kilo of watermelon flesh, so the red part, it's about 300 calories. So I don't know about you, but a kilo of watermelon is quite a lot. And I feel pretty full after eating a kilo of that and it's 300 cows. So that's about a 10th of my daily intake worth of food. So if I had 10 kilos with watermelon a day, I'd, I'd pretty fucking be, be pretty fucking full from 10 kilos of food a day. So it's about sort of understanding that uh, and what, what your go-to foods should be in order to reduce your hunger. 
So Whole Foods, definitely you're looking at number three. Uh, number four would definitely be uh, increasing your protein intake. And so what happens when you increase your protein intake is actually you reduce the hunger hormone called ghrelin. Now, ghrelin is responsible for telling your, you know, I think it's the sort of stomach to brain to brain to stomach that you're, you need fuel, you need food. And so the, the more we can limit that response, the more we can limit the ghrelin production through increasing protein intake, the less hungry we are going to be. So we just reiterate that. So the higher protein foods we have, the less hormone, hunger hormone production we are going to uh, incur, and then the less hungry we are going to be. So not only is protein, high protein diets really good for building muscle recovery and everything, um, body composition, but it's, it's actually really good for reducing your hunger. And so those are the sort of the four main features and, and key findings, key things that I aim to encourage with all my clients is uh, those four things. Now there is a fifth and that's fiber intake. Fiber intake simply because it takes a particular amount of time for your body to break down fiber. So if you eat a lot of fibrous foods, your body's going to take a while to uh, break that down. So if you're, if constantly got food in your stomach, that's high in fiber and hard for your body to break down or part, it takes time for it to pass through. It's a great idea uh, to keep that as part of your diet because it's going to slow the digestion down and, and the more food you have in the stomach, the less hungry you're going to be and so on. So there's another one there where the fiber is, is a massive W uh, if you are trying to diet. So let me just recap on, on what we've covered so far liquid calories in the form of like shakes coffees that sort of stuff try to reduce them or alternate them or switch them up don't go cold turkey just reduce and change so if you have a large have a small if you have a small have a piccolo or if you have multiple go down to one per day and you'll see some some really good changes there two cutting down liquid fat oil calories so oils going from poor oils to spray oils that sort of stuff is definitely advantageous for reducing hunger intake because you're going to have more calories for uh, food that's going to keep you more full. Number three, I believe, was whole foods. So low-calorie density foods such as watermelon, fruits and vegetables like capsicums, tomatoes, cucumbers, celery, broccoli, all that sort of stuff is really low in calories but high in volume and weight. So it's going to take up lots of room in your stomach, therefore keeping you you know fuller for longer and that sort of stuff. Then I think we covered protein as well. So higher protein means decreased production of ghrelin, which is our hunger hormone. Less hunger hormone means less hungry, which means you know less cravings and, and things of that nature. And then the fifth we covered was, was fiber. So making sure we have a high fiber diet because it takes a while for our body to process that. And we're fuller for longer. So if we're fuller for longer, we're going to be less hungry. Less hungry means better dieting outcomes. So those are my sort of five... Uh, five go-tos for any clients that are really struggling. Uh, number six, I'm going to say, we're going to add on to this actually, it just came to me now, is if you're someone that constantly snacks, I would I would definitely say that you're having a smaller breakfast than you should. Some people have two eggs for breakfast. I think you need about a third of your calorie, a third of your calories for breakfast, if not more sometimes, depending on the person. But if you're having 200, 300 calories for breakfast, that's not enough. Um, so you need to bump it up to probably like four to 500 probably. And what that looks like is you could have two pieces of dry white toast. There's 200 calories. 
or wholemeal or whatever and then you could have two eggs or or even three eggs and that's about 200 calories so you're looking at like 425 some spray oil you're looking at about close to 500 or, or 450 calories and that's going to keep you quite full for a while two pieces of bread nice healthy fats as well those fats are going to help slow down the digestion of the carbohydrates what they've found is that actually if you ingest carbohydrates and fats together, what happens is the digestion of the, the carbohydrates actually slows. So things things like that are gonna be really useful in uh, helping keeping you full for longer. So guys, I think I just wanted to cover that today. Uh, all things hunger. If you have any questions for me, just please let me know. But uh, so far, those are gonna be like my six tips for reducing, coping with hunger, that sort of stuff now uh there is one sort of curveball and that is you know being hungry is fucking uncomfortable sometimes and there is a massive psychological aspect where you've got to fucking live with it to be honest you shouldn't be starving you shouldn't be sitting there you know hating your life because you're dieting and if you if you do uh it's definitely because you're not eating enough and eating the right foods if you're feeling like snacky bingy it's because you're not eating enough food for you consistently you know, so consistently, I mean, over a, over a one week to one month period, that's consistently if you're following that sort of plan. And so just making sure um, that you understand that being hungry is very much part of the dieter's journey. Now, can you have gaps when you say every four weeks or every two months, you have a time where you, you go back to maintenance calories for, you know, let's say... Um, a week. I think that's a great idea. They call it a diet break. Uh, it's good for psychology. I find I, I oftentimes use diet breaks just to keep me going because I know I've got a long road ahead of me. I've probably got another 15 kilos that I'd like to lose. So uh, for me, it gives me some sort of longevity. So I don't often feel like I'm just backing, bashing my head up against a brick wall and like uh, feeling like a bit of sort of uh, groundhog day-itis going on. So just understanding that, yes, when you're dieting, yes, you're going to be hungry. And yes, it's normal. And learning to live with that. Being hungry, and this sounds weird, but being hungry means it's working. Like if you're not dieting, if you're not hungry, um, I'm going to be severely uh, skeptical of you actually being in a calorie deficit. So just keep all those things in mind. Try some of those strategies if they resonate with you. And uh, understand as well, when you're dieting, you're going to be fucking hungry. So you've just kind of got to live with it, unfortunately. Like dieting is not comfortable. You know, but putting on weight is very, very comfortable. Eating more food and, and um, you know, uh, eating more than you need is definitely very comfortable. But on the back end, if, if you've got goals, goals are never going to be comfortable to reach. So you've kind of got to understand that, yep, you might feel a little bit more fatigued than you would if you were eating what you wanted and you might feel more hungry. Definitely will feel more hungry. So living with those emotions, living with those feelings is par on course for the dieter's journey. So... Hope this podcast found you well, guys. This went really fast for me. I just wanted to sort of um, get a quick one out there for everyone listening uh, on how to reduce, cope with, and uh, live with hunger levels. Okay, team. Uh, this was great. Talk to you on the next one. Thank you.